This week on Planet Internet, we are talking about fake news versus censorship. Where are we falling in the scale of crazies? We're going to find out. On this episode of the Hacker Noon podcast, I am joined by Ellen Stevens, who is our lovely editorial assistant, and Zayim, who is one of our editors, junior editors. Welcome, guys. Thank you for joining the pod today. Afternoon podcast. Hello. Hey, thanks for having us. Yay. So to start off, I wanted to throw back to a beautiful little Hacker Noon article. I don't know if you guys read it. It's a little bit of an older one. We are throwing back to around February 2021 when we were more so in the internet age of Trump and the election and the storming of the wall kind of thing. So that's where we're starting off today. One of the pieces of this article that I really liked, which by the way is on Hacker Noon and is titled Fake News versus Censorship in the Battle for the Internet by Charmini. And I wanted to read out one of the quotes from this article because I thought it was really interesting. It is, here we go, most legal systems around the world sets limits for the freedom of speech, especially in cases when it conflicts with the rights and protections such as slander, pornography, intellectual property. Therefore, when companies talk about <laughs> coordinating terrorist attacks, that's a no-go. That's not a direct quote, that part, okay. Yeah, I just wanted to chat about this because Essentially, what we're talking about is the battle between the freedom of speech versus protecting people against these things that are not so good, such as slander, pornography, and stealing intellectual property. Ellen, what are your thoughts around the censorship versus freedom of speech movement and issue that we're having? Uh, sure, yeah. So I think frequently people don't really understand that freedom of speech actually does have certain restrictions in a sense. You want it to have these restrictions if you're within the sort of average scope of functioning people. So you yes. probably don't want to see various torture videos. You probably don't want to see various inappropriate images of different different humans. So I, I, there is a certain level of, of restriction that I just, I think in general, people would agree it needs to happen. Absolutely. I think what really, what really becomes a problem is when governments try to really significantly limit creative expression, what people can think in terms of critical analysis of the government and very biased perspectives, because ultimately that leads to a, a very easy way to control 
people. Um, mm-hmm. And on, on the one hand, maybe it could have the result of a very compliant population, but it also could be used uh, by other nations to destabilize a particular nation. So I think mm-hmm. a system where you have checks and balances, which actually includes this idea of freedom of speech in order to be able to criticize various policies in order to hopefully achieve something that is Mm -hmm. the most closest to the truth, I think is worth fighting for sure. So that's that's something that I I think on the topic. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And we will try and get down to like more specifics on what we think those bounds should be that are put in place that should limit freedom of speech versus censorship. And uh, another thing that you said is, yes, it can influence a country. And so one of the things that this article talks about, which was Parler, which it was now infamously known to be one of the platforms that helped coordinate the capital attack back in 2020. And following the capital attack, Parler was taken offline by AWS. So a lot of people were saying that was a blanket a blatant attack on free speech and that parlor should have been left up because it was uh telling pe- it was not allowing people to speak their minds but Zaim as someone who is on the other side of the world over in Pakistan what are your thoughts on freedom of speech and how it's being controlled yeah so uh, in Pakistan basically we do have a lot more checks and balances like the government has repeatedly banned TikTok for example mm. because of some of the things mentioned like inappropriate images and stuff like that we actually had a, a, a huge ban on YouTube for quite a while a few years back and I think it remained banned for two or three years YouTube mm. in Pakistan because of uh, some blasphemous content that was posted on there and YouTube refused to remove it. So I think both forms have their place. Like Ellen was saying, there's there's a place for checks and balances, but sometimes it can go overboard, like implement too many restrictions that not that not just for the sake of stopping harmful content, but actually which just stops people from expressing themselves mm-hmm. and then there's a form of free speech and moderation that's implemented on by the companies these mm-hmm. days in the age of social media uh, like parlor for instance had basically no sen- no censorship or moderation and that basically yeah. allowed for that attack on capitol hill to happen and be coordinated on the platform while Facebook, for instance, has more moderation, you could say, or Twitter has moderation, you could say, to stop these. So, yeah, I, I think it's a balance yeah. that needs to uh, right. be in place. And so where do you fall on the scale between a country like America, for example, where we have the YouTubes and the Gmails and the Facebooks versus China, for example, where Facebook is not accessible. Where do you fall on the scale of letting people access technology? I definitely fall on the US side. (laughs) China is one of those like egregious forms of censorship and moderation Mm. that basically curb everything except 
the pop propaganda that's being you know put out by the government mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, yeah we have two extremes going on not, <laughs> <laughs> there should be checks and balances but not that extreme <laughs> to the yeah. extent of china all right cool so let's take a little hop over to the next story that i have which is about litecoin so this was in the news recently this is a mashable article that i checked out it's called no walmart will not be accepting litecoin here's how people were duped excellent excellent setup for that the, the a little while ago on monday morning i think it was this week maybe it was last week they yeah, litecoin twitter account tweeted that Walmart was going to now be accepting Litecoin as a payment. And the as it turns out, that Twitter account was actually being run by fans of Litecoin or just people who are invested in it and not the actual creators. And it was fake news. But it was picked up by major news articles and there was a press release that was distributed and everything so the fake news got way out of control and a bunch of people started buying litecoin the price went up like crazy cnbc was tweeting about it and then all of a sudden just as quick as it came up people discovered that the press release was fake and that litecoin twitter account was not registered by the actual like people behind litecoin so the price were went up and then it went way down so a lot of people lost some money on litecoin this week so maybe if there were had been some more checks and balances in place something like this would not have occurred but ellen where are your thoughts at around litecoin and how the fake news of this piece just took off yeah so this is concerning <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> because it came from what is deemed to be a reputable press wire service mm -hmm. apparently they created whomever this was created an account to look like i think one of the officials of, of walmart and so unfortunately they didn't check it properly and sometimes in news that definitely can happen but it is it does make me think of when we hear about things like cryptocurrency and we hear about this decentralization this no authority kind of figure and then you hear stories like this okay here you have a situation where litecoin right their organizers allegedly did not do this it was people who are fans of litecoin who decided to do this so it's when when you don't have an authority essentially that is verifying information or, or verifying what is real and what isn't then you can have some serious consequences as here yes people lost money and it was but it was almost quickly dealt with i think but if you think about this on a much larger scale that is quite frightening and i think it would be wonderful if more news organizations actually 
had it in their budget for people to do uh, proper research instead of just going with it, like whatever the trending topic. Yeah, just all it takes is a press release. But that's, it's very, this is a huge issue, actually. Uh, And you see it happen on major news sources constantly. There's a blurred line between what is actual news and what is editorializing. So Mm -hmm. historically in journalism, you're supposed to present a balanced side of a story and you're supposed to fact check. You're not supposed Mm -hmm. to just go on air and state your opinion. If you're trying to do your due diligence and that seems to be happening less and less so this is this is yet i think another (laughs) symptom of a culture where you know per click revenue is more important than actual fact so it says the price of litecoin spiked from around 170 before the press release was distributed to more than 230 within a matter of minutes so yeah, quite a big jump. Now, Zaim, your other job aside from being a beautiful junior editor at Hacker Noon is a journalist. So I would love to hear your thoughts on fact checking and journalism. Yeah, I agree with Ellen in the sense that today fact checking has taken the back seat for some news organizations that just want immediate views or just want the tweet out there as fast as possible or the news out there as fast as possible without looking looking at the actual content that is being presented. And that definitely gives bad actors like the people here a chance to do this stuff, basically. Mm-hmm. This was a, a very well-orchestrated plan so to speak they went whoever did this they went through the effort of creating a separate domain email addresses under that domain under walmart's uh, executives names and then went through the effort of putting out a press release and sending it to an authentic newswire service so Mm -hmm. it, it was very well thought out but in journalism, uh, is that, that common? That, I, and that sort of the legitimacy of that newswire, I think that threw a lot of news organizations off mm, as well, mm-hmm. because it's coming from a very authentic newswire that always mm-hmm. gets press releases from actual companies. So yeah. in this sense, it just the perfect storm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that common in journalism, though, like that you would get so many bogus press releases? No, definitely not. Mm -hmm. Like I said, this was definitely a one-off instance that that rarely, if ever, happens. Mm -hmm. So this was one of just just those things. And uh, I think the people behind the Twitter account and the ones who press uh, sent the press release, they're separate people. I think mm. the Twitter account just tweeted out uh, the press release. They didn't. They weren't behind. They weren't behind sending the press release. But a lot of news organizations followed that as well, mm. in re- retweeting that tweet from the Litecoin account. But yeah, mm. I think. Yeah, it definitely with fake news being promoted so much these days, definitely it's definitely in the interest of news organizations to do more fact checking. But now that we know the outcome of what happened and how it happened, 
what kind of checks and balances do you think should have been put in place? What sort of checks and balances? Yeah, first, seeing if, in this case, the press release was obviously coming from a legitimate source, but that's one of the first things to see if the press release is coming from a legitimate source. And then in this case, the, the domain name was the actual red flag that that's not the actual Walmart domain name or mm. not the actual email address of the executive who's sending out the press release. So that was the major red flag. And the <laughs> second major red flag was why Litecoin? Litecoin, yeah. I mean, it's gone up in price like every cri- cryptocurrency but why not Bitcoin? Why not Dogecoin, yeah. <laughs> which are like more popular these days? Mm-hmm. Why not Ethereum? Yeah, uh, Litecoin has been a very benign sort of on the sideline sort of <laughs> cryptocurrency <laughs> for the yeah, most what part. What even is uh, Litecoin? Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that was the second red flag. Why would such a huge uh, corporation uh, like Walmart would choose such a not as popular cryptocurrency to accept yeah Yeah, definitely okay yeah just more more thinking (laughs) no more thought needed to go into this basically (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah Cool. All right. Let's move over to the next article that I have for you, which is an insider article about Facebook. So Facebook is under fire this week because their algorithm is being questioned. A report was released that said that Facebook quietly lets 5.8 million politicians and celebrities get special enforcement of its rules. Ooh, are we surprised? No. <laughs> but the company, uh, company's X-Check system has protected people like Donald Trump, Doug the Pug, and other influential people and figures in the industry for the algorithm so that if they discuss anything that is quote-unquote PR risky, then the fact that they're still influential means that it doesn't matter so even though they're posting content that other people would not necessarily be able to post or slash that other people's content would not be as popular with the same kind of wording because they are exempted from this part of the algorithm so ellen does this piece of news surprise you at all Actually, uh, a little bit it does because I've seen a lot of what people who would be deemed influential have their work actually taken off uh, the platform. Mm -hmm. It it is interesting to me that there is such a system in place because if, if you think about, yeah, no, I just, I'm surprised because I was under the impression that there were quite a number of different types of sort of influential people that would get their content removed on a regular basis. And they frequently have to appeal and they actually end up winning uh, a lot of the time because mm-hmm. they present factual information. I guess maybe you have to be like of some sort of next level for this to happen. But so it is unfortunate because the story that they shared here 
was, and I didn't know who this was, but apparently this Neymar, Neymar, I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. Apparently, he's a football player. I, but I, or maybe <laughs> yeah, it's he's a football some player. people are probably <laughs> screaming right now. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, I'm glad and I welcome regular exercise, but no. So anyways, this person decided to post something. Um, I think that it's a former partner's text or something, but it, it also showed her name and nude images of her. And so they couldn't do anything from from removing it for a while there and it was seen by about 56 million users so that's extraordinarily inappropriate on mm-hmm. on so many different levels that just surpasses there's one thing if you said something maybe that's not politically correct you're speaking about it in an intelligent way and you're presenting actual statistics and not only statistics but research from proper academic uh, sources that's one one thing but then you have something like this which should be like an obvious ban it's i don't if facebook i think is supposed to be more targeted towards family and this idea that something like this could go through is just profoundly questionable to me mm-hmm. whereas they ban other people left right and center so yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was a little bit surprised. I guess I shouldn't be because Facebook um, has come under fire for a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it, the I Instagram was... algorithm is also under fire, but not as much as Facebook is like in this way this week because of this report that was released this week. Zaim, where are your thoughts on around having different rules for speech for different people? Yeah, that doesn't really surprise me when it comes to Facebook. Facebook Mm -hmm. hasn't been really (laughs) a trustworthy social network for quite a long time now, ever since that Cambridge Analytica thing happened, Mm -hmm. where like they basically sold uh, actual user data, personalized user data to a company, which then just used it for political ads and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that it's not really surprising and Facebook uh, also has been I think face Facebook's moderation has been all over the place when it comes to geography as well in where there's mm-hmm. basically like a genocide going on they they allow people from Myanmar to post anything on Facebook including graphic images including yeah incitements to violence and stuff like that and that isn't moderated at all while if you're in the us and if you post something like that it gets taken down almost immediately Mm -hmm. so it's it's surprising in the sense that they would allow a bunch of people special permissions uh a lot of whom i i won't want to name names a lot of whom have don't have a (laughs) a history uh, a very good history or, or track record of putting out wholesome content Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's. I definitely... feel like it's even troubling that anyone can have uh, different rules for different speech. Like this article, obviously, was written, or maybe not. I don't know. Was written by someone on the left because they mentioned that Donald Trump has access to this special privilege or whatever. But there's got to be people on the left that also have this special privilege that are maybe saying things that are not true and or just the fact that they even have it is like not okay the algorithm should be fair for everyone and yeah you're totally right i went to myanmar in 2019 and i made some friends there and we have each other on facebook and 
when I was there, they were, like, showing me pictures of, like, bodies and stuff and, like, war stuff. But I was like, what the hell? And they're just like, yeah, we just use it. It's like their tea shop, but digitally, and they just put all of their pictures up there, and it's wild. I was shocked that they were sharing that stuff on Facebook. It was very interesting to me. But yeah, I think it's really interesting. I I don't think that it's surprising either that these different people have different rules just based on what the algorithm is showing us. And I think it's it's challenging because it then again comes back down to the question of fake news versus censorship and what we should be allowing people to say versus not say and what what is okay and what is not okay and the fact that Facebook has to decide that and govern that in their own rules must be very challenging but having different rules of speech for different people is not ideal for sure yeah so i just yeah i do agree that it it is really strange to have different rules in terms of freedom of speech for different people so the thing though that i I like to think of things of, of like why would that happen and i do think it's very likely i don't know if it's necessarily because they believe that persons should be able to share whatever as opposed to persons that can't it's just when you think of like celebrities and people who are well known the amount of targeting um, that they experience on a regular basis is quite profound Mm -hmm. so if you're a celebrity and you have an account there's going to be constant like people are just like going to be flagging your stuff for absolutely no reason sometimes because they don't like you or they're jealous or they they think it's funny the way our culture actually treats celebrities yeah sure some of them make quite a bit of money but they also have to handle quite a very toxic and just insane response to things uh Mm -hmm. people often forget these people are people and so i think it's very possible that it was just maybe strictly from that perspective that like they just probably can't deal with the amount of feedback that comes from those accounts Mm -hmm. but that's just a theory it could be totally wrong yeah so yeah and i definitely think that could be the case and i think that as we progress into 2020 into 2021 and as things like the black lives matter movement and things like that come up Facebook and other companies will put more and more emphasis on making free speech fair for everyone. And maybe this wasn't as big of an issue or as prevalent in today's society or as important to people as it was before. But as this becomes more and more important to people, Facebook theoretically should care more and work harder and harder to solve this problem. So hopefully we're just like in this weird in-between time of trying to tell Facebook that we care about this kind of thing of free speech and equal rights across the platform while they develop in the back end and trying to work towards a more fair platform. So if you want to read that article or that report, it's on the Wall Street Journal, but behind a paywall. So I linked to the Insider <laughs> article instead because we hate paywalls. Anyway, there's some Google Foo you can do to actually <laughs> access it for free. Yes, <laughs> yes, we have a plugin, or you can find you can it use, on the nav bar. Yes, the free the internet <laughs> plugin. Thank you. Hacking. Inter- yeah. 
Yeah, but I think Alan's theory that it might be because celebrities get a lot of pushback. Uh, I think that's interesting, but I stand on the other side of other side of things on this uh, because if this is actually true, it would have been a very conscious decision to implement such an uh, such an uh, algorithm to exclude mm-hmm. uh, an X amount of people, and that might basically just stem from money basically mm-hmm. because celebrities market a lot of stuff through facebook as well and facebook gets a significant part of its earnings from ad revenue so that might be one of the one of the reasons behind them implementing such a thing but yeah. again who's to say that sounds if accurate. it's true because <laughs> but who's to say if it's true because the wall street journal cited documents reviewed by them <laughs> and that's a trick mm. actually they do to avoid getting sued <laughs> oh, <laughs> because okay when they get sued they can say oh we just reviewed the documents we don't have them <laughs> yeah 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 okay all right all right <laughs> i also want to say that i love that the business insider chose this like strangely teary-eyed photo photo of mark zuckerberg for their cover Leather i love zuckerberg. it and mark zuckerberg <laughs> all about that triple bottom line Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) The final piece that I want to chat about today is this Texas governor piece. So this week, the Texas governor, Greg Abbott, signed a social media censorship bill into law. And this bill essentially requires social media companies with more than 50 million monthly users. So think your Facebooks and Instagrams of Twitters of the world and forces them to disclose their content moderation policies so that the the platform is more fair for everyone. I thought this was really interesting because where this is coming from is from the right. So Republicans are actually taking to the social media giants to question the social the social media algorithms because they are questioning that it's uh, more catered towards the left. It was really interesting to read the article from this perspective. Ellen, were you familiar with this article prior to this new bill prior to reading this article? It's possible I've I heard something about this prior to, to reading the article, but I'm aware of the situation, mm-hmm. so I understand why they would do this. It's true. I, I listened to voices on both sides of the spectrum Mm -hmm. and it it does seem like conservative voices are frequently just taken off the air and they frequently do have to provide evidence for everything that they're saying whereas people on the left frequently say whatever it is they want and they are not fact-checked properly as often as at least that's what it seems like Mm -hmm. but since you have actual legislators trying to address this and you have to think about it if, if you want an actual honest discussion you need to be able to handle multiple perspectives that's just the way it is and this i agree trend and it's happening actually on both sides make me a little frustrated because i would like if people would break down a particular policy and then the research associated with the policy just because you want to prove to the world that you're a good person and you want to 
virtue signal or what have you, um, doesn't mean that your policy is actually going to do the things you think it's going to do. And in Mm -hmm. order to create effective policies that are actually going to bring change, that are actually going to help the groups that you want to help, then you need to be willing to hear proper criticism about this. And both sides, when you listen to the left, it's, oh, the right, yada. When you listen to the right, it's, oh, the left, yada, yada. It's so divisive. And, and it's not any one side that's really pushing. It's, it's really painful to listen because sometimes you, you'll have these great voices. They'll break stuff down for you. They'll go into the research and then it's, oh, the left this. And it's, yeah. stop. If we could just maybe alter the then, culture to, to be a little bit, yeah, we all balanced. We have to do all of that all while making sure that it's not fake news and making sure that the content is actually legitimate and those facts are real. The onus falls onto so many people to make sure that all of this stuff is real. Zayim, do you think that this bill will be a good thing for people and for uh, more clarity? I I think it can, like with all all legislations, it it can go both ways. Mm. It does have the potential to allow more conservative voices onto the platform but at the same time it can also have the potential to like again have some bad actors posting and propagating fake news as well Mm -hmm. Uh, and social media now because of the legislation would have to do more in order to ban those users or take them off the platform so it, it, it can go both ways definitely Mm-hmm. All right. We will have to see how this unfolds, but it will be very exciting to hear about. That was it for this week on Planet Internet. Thank you so much for listening. I very much appreciated the discussion that we had of censorship versus fake news. Hopefully, as the world progresses, we fall into a happy medium or a happier medium than when we are where we're at right now, and that free speech is possible while also enforcing the general safety of everyone. But yes, thank you so much for listening to this pla- this week on Planet Internet. If you like this episode, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to it. You listen to me as your podcast host, Amy Tom, Ellen Stevens, and Zaim as guests. This episode was hosted by me, produced by Hacker Noon, and edited by our lovely audio wizard, Alex. Stay weird. I'll see you on the internet. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Afternoon podcast.